Hey, Sean, what was your reaction this morning when you found out that Carson has this back injury? Well, I think, you know, just like anything else, I was I was surprised. But, uh, you know, Carson's a great player. He's played really good football. But, uh, you know, as far as if he's able to go or if he's not, you know, really our preparation doesn't change throughout the week because you're looking at if it's Nick that's stepping in, you know, leading, uh, you know, you guys to a world championship and playing really good football, especially down the stretch. So, um, it's a great challenge for us either way. I, I think, you know, just as a coach and, and someone that's a fan of the game, I, I hate to see that for somebody like him that's overcome some adversity and been playing really well. So, you know, you don't know if he's out or not, but but I just hate to see injuries, period, in this game because, uh, you know, you want to see players be able to go compete and do what they love. Hey, Sean, you kind of dealt with this situation last year when the Eagles played there. You know, obviously Carson um, got hurt late in the game and everything, and Nick came in. Um what, what do you remember from that game, just the way Carson played and, and, you know, how it turned out and everything? Yeah, I mean, I just remember it was a good high-level caliber of football, you know, and, you know, both teams going back and forth, Carson making some unbelievable plays on schedule, off schedule. Um, you know, one of the things that stands out is the toughness that he demonstrated by being able to stay in there after he had already done it when he gets hit by Mark Barron on that run and throw the touchdown on the fourth down. What a gutsy play, and then – you know, and then you remember Nick coming in and doing an outstanding job of finding a way to hit Aguilar on the third down that, that kept him on the field. Uh, Chris Long did a great job forcing a turnover at the end that led to the field goal that ended up, you know, kind of putting them, putting them ahead when we were up 35-34. But it was, a, you know, it was a great game back and forth, but ultimately they were able to come away with the win and they deserved it. Sean, everyone's been talking about Aaron Donald this year, uh, this season, and and you know the Eagles' offensive linemen today were, were praising both your defensive tackles. What has Sud brought to the team? And you know he's not getting the stats necessarily that Aaron is, but what has he been doing that making either making life easier on Aaron or, or just making life tough on other offenses? Yeah, I think anytime that you've got multiple threats, you know, on the front that dictates and determines kind of how you want to protect and how you want to, you know, lend presence based on the front structure that you're in with your center or whoever your uncovered is, you know is always something that's a benefit. Uh, you know, Domikin's done a great job of, of playing really a lot of different roles where he's playing and he's playing inside, and he's definitely influencing and affecting the game in a variety of ways. And then what else can you say about Aaron other than uh, he's been outstanding? You know, he played really well last year, and he certainly has gotten better. Uh, the way that he competes every single day is a reflection of what you're seeing show up uh, on Sundays or, you know, whenever it is that we're playing. And, the guy that loves football, he's extremely talented, and, and he kind of demonstrates how to go about your business the right way week in and week out, and, and he's never complacent. Sean, um, Jared and Carson, obviously the number one and two draft picks from, from three years ago, and uh, they know each other well. They share an agent. Uh, how much do you think uh, there's some sort of uh, friendly competition there between those two? Obviously, you would know Jared better than, than Carson, but do you think that's a, that's a play? Uh, you know, I don't I don't think – I think there's a respect that they have for each other. And, you know, anytime you're a competitor, you want to win. But I think both of them would probably tell you that uh, Jared's going against Philadelphia's defense and Carson would be going against our, our defense. So, um, you know, it's about playing good football. I think you always want to win. But, but to say that it's kind of, you know, a little bit ramped up because of where they were drafted, you know, I, I think there's a mutual respect that they have for each other. And then obviously with Ryan Toner representing them both. But I, I know Jared – thinks the world of Carson, but no different than any other week, whether Carson's the opposing quarterback or not, uh, you know, we're going to do the best we can. And I know Jared's the same about trying to come away with a win against a tough team. Sean, what are the, the biggest challenges you try to create with your tempo uh, offense uh, for defenses? 
I mean, I think, you know, just mixing it up a little bit, you know, I think our players' ability to change it up is, is what makes it unique. And, you know, one of the advantages that we have offensively is, is deciding when that ball is going to be snapped within the framework of the 40-second play clock or 25 coming out of a stoppage. And that's something that we try to do. But, um, you know, like any other week, you know, certain weeks dictate a different approach. And, um, you know, that's something that, you know, we're kind of evaluating as the week progresses. Now, you stay in 11 most of the time. Uh so you're not, uh, I mean, making substitutions isn't a big priority for you as opposed to a, a defense like that likes to rotate its linemen or uh, something like that. That creates a problem for them, doesn't it? You know, sometimes it can, but then you also don't want to be, you know, you do want to be mindful of the fact that if you are playing with the same guys, that the idea isn't to gas them out either. So, you know, when you do send guys down the field or when you have some explosives or different things like that, um, you know, you want to be able to mix it up throughout the course of the game. I think you want to be careful going tempo every single snap because, um, you know, what the, what the thing that you like to utilize to your advantage is not knowing where you, when you're going to access or activate it. But, but yeah, it, it can sometimes help us. But, you know, the way that the league is structured too, sometimes even if we are staying in the same personnel grouping, if the ball goes out of bounds on our sideline, they don't know if we sub or not. So they'll stand over the ball. So, there's some times where even this year where we've had some big gains and then we get on the ball, but, you know, we have to wait because the refs have to properly get themselves aligned in the position to be able to officiate and see the guys that they're responsible for looking at on that given play. So it's a give and take, but, uh, you know, being in the same personnel, it certainly doesn't hurt us for sure. Coach, yeah. Coach a little bit out of left field. You guys actually just re-signed uh, Jamil Demby, an offensive lineman uh, today. He's a local South Jersey kid. Just curious what he, what you're excited about bringing him back in the fold off of the Lions practice. Well, I know he's a draft pick of yours. Yeah, it was a tough decision for us. You know, when we put him on the practice squad and didn't activate him, that was a tough decision because Jamil had done a lot of good things throughout the preseason. Uh, Detroit ended up kind of taking him from us. And then uh, when they moved him back down, we kind of had a spot, you know, based on Dominique Hatfield's injury. And he was somebody that, you know, our, our coaches and, and our personnel staff felt strongly about and wanted to be able to bring him back and, a great kid that has a good demeanor, a good competitor, and, and we're excited to get him back in the mix for us. Sean, I know you leave most of the uh, defense to Wade, but you're, as, as much as you play 11, uh, the Eagles last week and, and for a lot of this season have played a lot of 12. They've got two very good tight ends, as you're well aware of. Um, how much of a challenge does that present to a defense to uh, to when, when you can play 12 that much and, and have versatile tight ends like they have? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's a, it's a great weapon to be able to have, especially when you're looking at with Goddard and, and, and Zach's ability to play in line and, and be able to compete as blockers, but then also be movable pieces uh, that can make plays, you know, with the ball in their hands. So anytime that you have those players that can do a lot of different things, you know, kind of in a similar but obviously a little bit different, those tight ends and those backs that can do a lot of things are the ultimate jokers that, that really give you a chance to present a multitude of things out of the same personnel grouping. Uh, you know, to a defense. And, and certainly, you know, I think Coach Peterson does an outstanding job of putting, you know, his players in spots to accentuate their skill sets. And, you know, a player like Zach is, is certainly your ultimate chess piece that he can play tight end, uh, but, you you know, you can certainly displace him in the slot. You can split him out wide, and uh, he's got a chance to be, you know, a favorable matchup for you no matter who you put out there. Hey, Sean, you spent a lot of time in your career game planning for Fletcher Cox. I imagine what stands out about him? Yeah, I just think how disruptive he is. I mean, uh, one of the things I, I really respect and appreciate about him is just the, 
the you know the relentless effort that he plays with. Clearly, he's a powerful guy that can work edges. Uh, extremely strong, explosive player. Uh, but I but I just think you know certain guys where you're just watching the tape, even if you're not even really locked in on certain players, they kind of just jump off the screen. And and Fletcher's been one of those guys that's done that consistently. And I think Coach Schwartz does an excellent job. Um, you know, in some of those known passing situations, putting them in spots that, that can, can get them some favorable matchups. As a play caller, how much time have you studied Doug Peterson's play calling? Oh, a lot. You know, Doug's one of the guys that I have a whole lot of respect for. And, um, you know, when you've got the ability to access the film, you want to see what these great coaches are doing week in and week out, because I know that uh, he's been doing it a lot longer than I have. want to be able to learn and uh, there's certainly things that your guys' offense puts on tape week in and week out that uh, is something that, you know, gives us a chance to learn as coaches from. And, and Doug is certainly one of those guys that, that you study his stuff. Uh, Sean, since you've lost uh, uh, a Cooper Cup, have, you've been kind of rotating people in the slot? You know, what? really what what's happened is, um, you know, Josh Reynolds has stepped into that role as far as, you know, being the third receiver that's on the field. But then Robert Woods has kind of played in that spot. Now, we try to make our receivers interchangeable. But if you said who's the one that's really been taking the majority of the snaps at the spot that Cooper was playing, really it's Robert Woods has transitioned inside. And then Josh Reynolds has overtaken Robert's role that you saw those guys playing earlier in the year. But uh, we try to have our, our receiving group be versatile and, and movable pieces for us, and that's really kind of what they all provide. But I would say if you said who's the one that's taken the majority of the snaps at our F position that Cooper played, uh, it would be Robert Woods. Sean, what were your impressions of, of Nate Sudfeld working with him uh, in Washington? Yeah, I really liked Nate. Um, you know, Nate's got a great way about himself. He's got some natural leadership traits and characteristics. Uh, you know, he's, he's, you know, played in the gun the majority of the time, you know, playing at IU and did a great job spreading it around. And I think as he got more and more comfortable, um, you know, he did a nice job. One of the things I was really, I remember being really impressed with Nate is he didn't get a whole lot of reps, you know, when I was with him just based on the nature of having Cousins and Colt McCoy in the fold. But when he got into some preseason games, you know, there's really no other way to put it other than he's kind of a baller, man. He just was able to make some plays did some things with his legs when we changed the launch point on boots, made some throws down the field, um, and, and really, you know, great guy. I think, you know, just watching with some of the opportunities he's had to grow in Philly, whether it be the preseason or some regular season games when he played last year, I've been really happy for Nate and uh, wish him nothing but the best. 